this this story, um, I guess it shouldn't surprise me, but in a way it does. Um, officials in Ukraine have actually had to go public this week and say, please stop coming here thinking you can join the war if you have no business joining the war. Okay, they have people showing up and, you know, to the point of people talking about their social media profiles, that's what this is about. They're going to document it all on, on TikTok or, or on Instagram and they have pleas from, you know, donate so that I can go over to Ukraine and, and, and kill Russians. And now Ukraine did put out a call for international and foreign volunteers to come and help, but not just, you know, video game players. They wanted actual soldiers with combat experience. So they're now saying, listen, if you don't have business being here, don't be coming here. Okay. We, this, they literally said, this isn't call of duty. Okay. This is real life, but there have been thousands and thousands and thousands of people that have traveled to Poland, uh, with hopes of joining the effort. And it brings a lot of bigger picture questions into play here. So let's get some insight on exactly how serious this is and what it could mean. We're going to chat with Tyler Wenzel, who's a Canadian military officer, a historian, and a lawyer. Tyler, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate you joining us. Thank you for having me. And I, of course, have to highlight off the top that nothing I'm saying here is in any way representative of any official government policy. Absolutely. Fair enough. Uh, the disclaimer, I, I, as you say, you have to do it. Um, are you surprised that there have been so many people, I've heard thousands and thousands of people, uh, turning up primarily in Poland, hoping to, to go into combat? Are you surprised by that? No, I don't find it surprising at all. We've seen this phenomenon um, in the past. Um, the, the Spanish Civil War is, of course, the, the most notable example of that, 1936 to 1939. But any foreign volunteers who wanted to fight in the Spanish Civil War um, had a long journey with lots of off-ramps, lots of places where they would encounter friction and difficulties and legal issues, and very few of those are present in the current conflict. It is very easy to get to Poland it is very easy to go from Poland to Ukraine. You could be there tomorrow if you wanted to. So a lot of the um, thinking, a lot of the frictions that would otherwise be present, they're not here. You can get there almost too easily. And that Call of Duty player you're describing is sort of the prototypical example. Um, they can they can get there real quick. Um, and have very little business being there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, where does the U official Ukraine position fit into this? Because they did put a call out for volunteers. Um, did they not make it clear at the beginning that, hey, we don't mean Call of Duty players. You're really good at Call of Duty. Come on over. I mean, did they not put in enough parameters at the beginning of all of this? Well, they, I think they did make it pretty clear in the original call for volunteers that they were they were not just looking for people with military experience. They were looking for people with combat experience. Yeah. That's not the same thing. You could have a very long career in the military and not have any combat experience, depending on where you were and what you were doing. They were asking for people with combat experience. And they they did get a lot of that. They are getting a lot of that. But they are also getting a number of people who don't know which end of the rifle is which. Uh, and perhaps these people are not taking into account the um, the challenges of military service, the challenges of military service in war, and the fact that 
without some of that background, um, they're likely more of a liability than they are a help. Yeah, and there's a lot of really major, major potential implications. Now, let's start with the first ones. Obviously, these these people going over there, there's a good chance they could be injured, even killed, or captured. So um, these will be Canadian citizens in some cases on the battlefield that could end up um, in the hands of Russians, right? And that's a big deal. Absolutely. So uh, let's address let's address the um, the injury part first of all. Um, a Canadian who goes and serves in the Ukrainian armed forces is not a veteran in Canadian law. They're not in, they're not given those kinds of entitlements. We don't. I'm not aware of what the Ukrainian armed forces are extending to people who are injured. Presumably, there's something, but it's through the Ukrainian system, not through the Canadian system. And we've already had a handful of Canadians who have been wounded and are making their way home already. This process has already started. Uh, killed is um, obviously a tragedy, but in many ways is the simpler one right. to yep. deal with. It's a matter of it's a matter of estates more than anything, and uh, repatriation of, of bodies, which right now would be just extraordinarily difficult. Uh, but it's the capture piece where there's a, just a tremendous amount of risk. Russia is on the record as saying they will treat any captured foreign volunteers as mercenaries and therefore not extend of the Geneva Convention. They will be tried under Russian law for the crime of being a mercenary. Okay. Is that legal? I mean, are they right? Are, are these foreign volunteers mercenaries in the eyes of the law? No, they're not. Um, well, uh, broadly speaking, because there will be case-by-case basis, specific deviations. But if you are a Canadian and you are serving in the armed forces of Ukraine, the official armed forces of Ukraine, you are by definition not a mercenary. You are not a mercenary under either the Mercenary Convention or Additional Protocol 1 to the Geneva Conventions. So labeling them as a mercenary is a rhetorical device um, with very real implications for these people. Because presumptively, anyone captured under those conditions has the right to a competent tribunal that will determine their status. Russia has basically stated, we're going to skip that step and go right to taking this foreign volunteer, if they survive and we capture them, and trying them under Russian law for the crime of being a mercenary. I have trouble imagining such a criminal hearing being apolitical in nature. Of course. The other question, Tyler, captured soldiers, Russia treating them as mercenaries. Where does this, we know NATO has been absolutely clear on the fact there will be no NATO troops fighting in Ukraine against Russian forces. There will be no combat. We don't want to cross that line. Does this cross the line if there are Americans or Canadians there fighting against Russian troops? Can Russia say, hey, NATO has now gotten involved? Well, with these individuals acting in their personal capacity and as serving members of the armed forces of Ukraine, 
legally speaking, that attribution to Canada, to the United States, is not there. These are individuals acting of their own free volition. There's no obligation on Canada or the United States to prevent them from going unless we formally declared neutrality in the conflict, but that's very clearly off the table. We are providing lethal aid and pursuing sanctions and other measures against Russia. We're not neutral. We're not belligerents, but we're not neutral. So there's no responsibility to prevent those people from going. However, as a practical matter, the narrative, as Russia seeks to kind of um, plaster over how poorly this war has gone for them, um, is to try and paint a picture of greater NATO involvement than has actually been present. And captured foreign fighters, captured foreign volunteers, are um, very useful props for telling that story. So for NATO governments, let's say Canada, obviously, um, what are they telling Canadian citizens who may travel to Poland with the intent of joining in the fight here? Are they making it clear that, hey, you're on your own? Like, in terms of if you're killed, injured, or captured, don't be calling the Canadian government for assistance. We cannot assist you. Is that Does it go that far? It doesn't quite go that far. The message has been this is a personal decision. You are undertaking this at your own risk. However, uh, Global Affairs Canada has provided services or at least has indicated that they have offered services to Canadians who were wounded in a, in a missile strike in, in Ukraine about a week ago. So it seems like um, although there's a travel advisory in effect yeah. and there's the warnings of this is at your own risk, um, that Global Affairs Canada does seem to be doing what they can to provide consular services, but um, that the, the extent of those services kind of has to stop at the border. Amazing. Uh, amazing. Tyler, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you giving us a little insight on how all this works. Thank you very much. Have a good day. You bet. Thank you. That's Tyler Wenzel, who is a Canadian military officer. He's an historian and a lawyer, giving us some of the the legalities around this whole situation. And I guess, I mean, we shouldn't be surprised that there is a, a group of people that are interested in doing this. And you know what? There, I'm, I, I don't want to discount the um, Canadians who are doing this for all the right reasons. You know, some of them have ties to Ukraine, family members, whatever the case may be. There are a lot of really brave Canadians that have volunteered to go over and take up the fight on behalf of their ancestral homeland or whatever the case may be. I'm not, I'm, I'm not talking about them, but, but it, you know, if you, if you read the story that global news recently did and you hear some of the reports, some of these people showing up literally talking about their TikTok accounts and, Hey, I just got an extra 500 followers and they have no experience, training, understanding anything to do with what they're doing. And uh, they're called glory seekers by Ukrainian officials saying, listen, if you're a glory seeker and you're here for the wrong reasons, this isn't call of duty. Go home. Not even, even if you're a soldier, you've been in military, they don't even want that. You need to have actually been on the battlefield, been in combat. They don't have time to train you. They need people that have been there before, because if not, you can be more of a liability than you can be an asset on the battlefield. Now you've got, you know, Ukrainian soldiers trying to deal with somebody who doesn't know what they're doing and shouldn't be there. Now you've got that added burden on top. It's just a mess. It boggles my mind that somebody would think this is the kind of thing that you're going to go out and try as a weekend warrior. It's craziness, but it's happening.